What is going on, ladies and gentlemen? This is the 108 Bricks podcast. We are back at it once again. My name is Dylan Buckwitz. And I'm Curtis Koch. And Dylan, it is the trade deadline. and uh, It is past the trade deadline, well, actually. Yeah, as, as we're recording this, it's past the trade deadline. But it's This might also... be the first time we've recorded, like, right, well, hours after the trade deadline ended. I, I feel we like the, the past couple years we did it. It was always like right before the trade deadline, and we seem to just mistime it every time somehow. But last here year we, we are. Last year we did, did it we? afterwards. Yeah, because we, we okay. got the, the we had discussed the Castellanos edition. Um, okay. At that oh point. yeah, because they made the last minute splash with that yeah, one. So exactly. that was a fun time. We were talking about how they might have been quiet um, at the deadline, and you know they really needed a bat because their offense was struggling. And it's unfortunately we, the last time we talked to, to you guys, it was very much so riding on the the hype train, so to speak. Choo choo. Man, oh. I was talking about how we'd come out of this like with like an eight thousand game lead in the central. Boy, was I wrong. Yes, and uh, even more so, <laughs> uh, the same issues that we saw last year have kind of been resurfacing again. As uh, again, the offense has continued to struggle. The big names have continued to struggle. Um, some interesting, like little history. The probably the best part about the season so far has been seeing Ian Happ just completely murder baseballs and same with Kyle Schwarber. Jason Hayward's having a great season, but they picked up the Cubs. That is, they picked up four players um, ahead of uh, today, or as you might be listening to it yesterday's uh, trade deadline. And that is uh, Jose Martinez. who They acquired earlier in the week who uh, just mashes left-handed batters. Uh, Andrew uh, Chafin, Josh Osick, and outfielder Cameron Maben. So those are the four players that the Cubs have brought in. Didn't really give up a lot in return, Dylan, which is kind of a good thing because that's one thing that very little. Um, it, it kind of seemed to be a buyer's market where you look at some teams around the league where what they've been giving up to acquire some. <laughs> the Padres I mean, basically are a whole new baseball team at this point. Yeah, 16 players involved <laughs> in deals. I mean, oh my gosh, it was just insane to see how they were working their magic uh, up until that point. And... Just some general information about the players. Uh, Chafin is 30 years old. Uh, limited left-handed batters to a 230 batting average and a 310 slugging percentage. Um, he's been with the Diamondbacks for six and a half seasons. Uh, Osik is 31. Uh, he's from the Boston Red Sox. Uh, he is a left-handed, uh, or he's another reliever, but he is holding left-handed hitters to a 211 lifetime average. And uh, he's had a 665 OPS against him, but he's limited them to a 191 average with the White Sox, and that was in 2019, so that was last year. He had a pretty good year. Uh, Cameron Maben was the Tigers' first-round pick, uh, 10th overall in 2005. Uh, he's about a 256 hitter or so. Um, better he, off the bench, and that's a quote from him. Yeah, he likes off coming the off the bench. And uh, he's just been, he's going to be a, probably most likely a defensive replacement. Um, before we actually recorded, Dylan, I don't know if you saw this, but Albert Almora was optioned. Yeah, uh, which was Schaumburg. to be expected, essentially, yes. with uh, that. Not Schomburg, South, South Bend, excuse me. Um, but yeah, that was to be expected. Um, but Maben, of course, uh, has a 4 for 9 mark this season against left-handed pitchers. So the Cubs obviously acquiring guys that can hit left-handed pitching, something that they've struggled with this year. 
Um, he's got a 324 on base percentage and a 701 OPS for his career. Um, and the other thing, too, is he's versatile. He can play all three outfield positions, which is something that they were looking forward to. The guy that probably, to me, is the big acquisition out of all this is Jose Martinez, who's 32. He's currently batting 239 with two home runs and 10 RBIs in uh, 24 games with the Rays this year. However, when he was with the Cardinals, he was just a Cubs killer. Um, yeah, so they nice feared to have, him. <laughs> nice to have the killer. Everyone on that team feared him. Yes, nice to have the killer on our team, and uh, nice to see him also doing some damage against left-handed pitching, and that's another reason why they went out and got him. So uh, not a lot given up, but some stuff coming in, and that'll be a really key part going down the road of seeing how these guys, especially the positional players and the bullpen guys too, actually all four of them for that matter, really fit into this team. Um, and especially a shortened season, it's going to be a, a really unique situation for uh, the Cubs, even heading into next year. Yeah, it's it's unique for sure, especially because I feel like a lot of the guys they got for the bullpen, um, I, I feel like the tooling for bullpens nowadays is, is changing um, drastically right now because with the introduction of that three better minimum rule. Um, and I, and I feel like this even plays into the, uh, the Jose Martinez grab as well with that um, for, uh, for the Cubs, because you want guys who can be essentially specialty pitchers for that matter, right? Like you want a guy, you want to kind of get guys who have this lights out performance against specific sides of the plate. Um, and, or you want guys who can bat better against specific throwing pitchers um jose martinez for example like if you if you are david ross and you know they have a lefty on the mound and you have a uh, you have a replacement or a guy you want to pinch hit for late in the game and you know that one way or another you can put jose martinez in and get him a favorable matchup every time as a defensive replacement or just a replacement in general with that that's going to be incredible uh, value for your team down the line in the end. And I think the same thing goes um, for a guy like Osik, who who really just shuts down left-handed hitters. That's a great guy to come in against people who are lefties. And yeah, the other team can make replacements and, and things can happen from there. But if you're if you're kind of playing into the new system for something like that, I almost feel like you're you want these specialty guys. Um, you want you're you're looking less to tool a bullpen about guys who can kind of be lights out on all ends of the field, and instead start looking at it's like all right, well, what can this guy specifically do, and how can he work into the matchups that we have? Because you don't have you don't have the time when you can just bring in a pitcher who you know is going to shut down this one guy. You have to have someone who can do a little bit more longevity with it, and it kind of plays into what the strategy is for the Cubs, along with filling in the holes that were needed. They needed left-handed arms. They needed some bats because, frankly, and we'll get into a little bit later, um, their bats lately have been lackluster at best with it. And I think um, Jed Hoyer was even saying like they their expectation wasn't to make a big splash. And, frankly, on paper, they have a team that can do it. They have a team that's good. They have a team that's skilled. The first 15 games of the season showed that they had some holes to fill and obviously some, some still really big um, issues errors, I guess they need to fix before, before it comes down and not a lot of time to fix it. But there, the elements are there for something to come together. And the Cubs are hoping that these moves that were essentially almost risk-free for that matter, um, 
Chafin is literally free um, if, yeah, if he stays on the IL. that was a wild thing, So um, that's, that, that's kind of an, an interesting play with that, and I think all those guys can really bring a lot to the table for this team, especially in the fact that, frankly, what do we have, about 20 games left in the season, something 26, like that? 26. Yeah, like there's really not a lot of time left. The lead is still pretty tight. You're going into a really close series with uh, the Cardinals this weekend uh, upcoming here. That could really be a series that decides the, the division um, at this point in time, and so... I kind of like what the Cubs are doing. Um, it was a buyer's market, as you said. Uh, the the big name players and anyone who was looking to big make a make a splash would really have to have to empty their cash for something like that. Um, we were even talking beforehand that the the Cubs should look at the Reds uh, as a potential uh, seller during this time, but. Turns out they're actually on a playoff chase right now, even though their record is kind of bad. Um, and it, it's funny to note is they they have one of the best rotations in baseball. So if, if they find a way to squeak into the playoffs, I don't want to be the team that has to go against Bauer and Sonny Gray in a playoff series because that's terrifying. Yeah, well, and not to mention Luis Castillo too. Um, the other guy, the the team that <laughs> good I, luck. <laughs> yeah, the, the the team that I thought the Cubs could have made a move with would have been uh, the Brewers actually, and I know this would have been a, a big cost. Um, <laughs> yeah, trading in division. Yes. It, it, well, the same thing with the Reds. That's true. The division. Um, but the 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 thing that I would have liked to have seen them go is uh, after Josh Hader. And I would have think that you could have packaged maybe Miguel Amaya and a couple of other guys. I mean, if you look at what, for example, the, the Marlins gave up in acquiring uh, Starling Marte, uh, today, I think you could have easily have put some sort of package with Miguel Ma- uh, Miguel Amaya and two uh, prospect maybe pitching arms in there too, and maybe could have gotten Josh Hader, and then that's your closer for the next four years. Um, and then you would have had a, an issue with Craig Kimbrell, who still continues to struggle. Thought he might have had it back, then he blew it. <laughs> so <laughs> there's there's still a huge question mark on the bullpen side. He's there. looking good. Yeah, he's he's getting better, but he's he's still not the Craig Kimbrell of, you know, three or four years ago, which is what obviously the, the Cubs were probably hoping to get when they initially signed him last year, but wasn't the case. But I thought if you got a Josh Hader, then you have a lefty arm out of the bullpen that can really do some damage. Basically, and just be lights out. Th- yeah, and that would be that would be your your team. I, I would have been totally fine if they would have just kept what they got and moved on from there after they made the splash for Josh Hader, but. I think the Brewers are in the run for it, too. And the Brewers were actually pretty quiet at the trade deadline, which was kind of surprising. I Maybe maybe they're just trying to get through the season and then figure what they out when they want to do for a full season next year. I don't know. But it's definitely an interesting concept that possibly the Cubs could have pulled a, a, a Josh Hader. But, of course, the Brewers, you know, looking at the Cubs as their biggest rival, would have probably try to drive the asking price through the roof and oh, then yeah. some uh, asking prices for big name players is huge. And you mentioned it with the Padres. Just, I don't know what the heck they were doing and they're a better team from it, but Holy cow. Is that, I can't imagine what it's like to be a front office, like worker, the GM of that, that team going through, that's got to be a mind boggling amount of calls to try to keep track of all of that stuff yeah. to see who you have, who you're giving, what's being asked for props to them for doing that but well boy is that at, confusing and you look at what the the Padres acquired today and that it was in Mike Clevenger and he of course was involved in the whole um uh, Zach Plesac ordeal where he and Zach were going out in the town of Chicago when they were uh playing against the White Sox and broke COVID protocol I would probably think that 
breaking that protocol and breaking that team rule probably had a little bit of a uh uh i would say so original locker room he it was it was talked about earlier though that he was a potential move just because the uh cleveland does have such a young um core of pitchers behind it and and really they were looking to ship guys with that but it definitely doesn't surprise me if that had something but he's the uh, best pitcher on that team yes and that's that's what astounded me is that you know he was the guy that filled in when they traded away Corey Kluber, and you basically traded away your ace. Granted, you got some pieces in return, but I mean there were even rumors that the the White Sox were in on him, and that even astounded me because, but right now as it stands, both the White Sox and the Indians, as we're recording this, are tied for first place. So the Indians in first place just traded away their ace. Makes me think that a big part of trading away Mike Clevenger was because of breaking that COVID protocol and probably caused a little bit of a divide in that locker room. And that was probably an instance of where some maybe multiple players, I I don't know, I'm not part of the Cleveland media beat for the Indians or anything like that, but I would maybe think that maybe some players went up to the front office and said, hey, unless this guy is either out of town or stays in the minors, you know, we we don't feel comfortable. We're going to not boycott, but, you know, we're going to option out of the season. And the Indians are trying to drive away for first place and try to win this thing, obviously. So why not just go ahead and trade him away, get some pieces in return, and keep that locker room intact? And then maybe in a year you can re-sign him when he's a free agent or so. But even still, that was shocking to me to see the Indians trade him away well, while they're still in first place, and the White Sox are just up there too, so I, I don't know. That was a that was a whole interesting thing that I was intrigued by. Was that again the Indians sitting in first place send their ace away, and that was uh, that was again one of the sixteen players that the the Padres brought in or shipped out in the the span of wow. a, a week. So yeah, four absolutely hours. Back on track a little bit with the Cubs here. I think it's safe to say they had a good they had a good trade deadline. Um, it filled the holes they needed. Um, the team still needs to hit. Um, and taking a look at that, um, it it's kind of concerning. I, I think you've had a note here of like if you're concerned about the lack of starting pitching that was added. Um, as I mentioned, like a lot of us, we talked a little like would they go after a Clevenger? Would they after would they go after someone like Bauer? Um, Frankly, I think I, I still hope the Cubs go after Bauer because I think he's a free agent after this season anyways with it. Um, it would be nice to get one more solid arm, I, I think, to build around guys like you, Darvish and um, Kyle Hendricks for the years to come with that, especially because you're probably getting the last you can get out of John Lester this year. Yeah. Um, Chatwood and... Mills have kind of been off and on um, with that. Chetwood just going on the aisle again now with an elbow issue. Um, Quintana was working out of the pen. I, I'm assuming that spots his now um, in the rotation with that because they kind of they even waited to give him a clean inning uh, after coming out of the pen when uh, Chetwood went down. So you have you have him coming back, and and I I'd kind of go and put Quintana in like the average spot 
with that like he's he's solid from certain areas but he's not going to be your ace or or, or a guy you really kind of want to build the future around with that so i'd like to see one more arm find a way to fit in there uh it's just a matter of i don't know how they're going to figure out how to to pay people to do that and obviously there's probably going to have to be moves that are made to open up the books and, and figure out a budget that can work for that team but i think in the upcoming years uh with that i think there's definitely going to be a influx and kind of pick uh of solid starting pitching that the cubs can go after where they didn't need to give up a lot especially in a buyer's market for an arm they frankly didn't necessarily need like it's not an it it would be nice for them to buff it but it's not a necessity with that especially with the bullpen as bad as it is those are definitely the priorities that's what the cubs went after that's what it seems like they got um obviously no big ace or or nobody uh really who can come in and you know his lights out like a hater character but i think they did what they can um they really did not give up much for it and they're a better team now for it and hopefully they can come together down this stretch of games because frankly they've been playing some bad baseball yesterday um yesterday well all of the above they've been playing yeah. bad baseball um we talked about it in our last episode how we really enjoyed how they they got off to this hot start we haven't seen that for them the cubs in a while and then they did their first 15 games they were 12 and 3 their second 15 games they went 6 and 9 and nice. um they they were looking right off the bat to honestly like we were hoping that they can still keep it up and I was even going to be happy with 500 baseball on that front. And they're playing worse than that. And they still have a lead in the central because the central sucks. And um, they can just kind of beat up on these really bad teams with that. And I, and even now they're not even able to do that. They split a series with the reds um, in their last 10 games alone. They, they went four and six. That's the same levels like what the Brewers have gone and what the Reds have gone. They're only three and a half games back, and they're about to play, I think it's four, five games with the Cardinals in the upcoming weekend yeah. with that. So they don't have a lot of time or really room to work with. It's a lead, but it's not a comfortable lead. And the playing the baseball they're playing right now with the inconsistencies with their hitting, the inconsistencies with their bullpen, um, They'll, they'll make the playoffs just because the division sucks. But where do you look at beyond that? Because the, with the with the type of game I'm seeing right now, I don't see a long playoff life ahead of them. Yeah, right now, the, as the season stands, the Cubs are 20 and 14, have a three and a half game lead over the Cardinals. Now, the granted, the Cardinals had missed some time because of their COVID tests and everything, um, followed by the Brewers, then the Reds, then the Pirates. Um, like I said, three and a half games over the Cardinals four and a half over the Brewers five over the Reds eight and a half over Pittsburgh. So they have a a decent lead in the NL central, but three and a half games is still reachable. In fact, really even four and a half or five games are really reachable um, in 26 games, depending on how they, they handle this. Um, I, I will say this though. We we've talked about some of the main guys in the teams who have really struggled um, in the past, and you we were talking about Anthony Rizzo, two thirty five batting average. Javi Baez is hitting two oh two. Wilson isn't even at the two hundred mark on his batting average. I'm kind of wondering one ninety six. Right? Yeah, one ninety six to be exact. Um, I'm kind of wondering thinking how maybe not so much for Rizzo but maybe for guys like Baez or Wilson Contreras how much 
the Joe Madden coaching staff maybe had an influence on their swing. Because we talk about it all the time about how uh, Joe Madden would tell Javi Baez to go the opposite way, go the opposite way, you know, let the ball travel, you know, this and that. And Javi in the last two years has really erupted as a, a very solid offensive candidate. And we saw and have seen what Wilson Contreras is capable of as an offensive player. But we haven't seen it this year. And it, it, there's been a lot of turnover in terms of coaching, not just from the managerial part between uh, Joe Madden to David Ross, but we've seen several pitching coaches. We've seen uh, numerous hitting coaches. It's just gone all over the place. So I'm wondering if any of that has stuck into how th- these guys are struggling. And I, g- I get it mainly the, the coaching staff has been same from last year with the exception of David Ross. But, I mean, guys like Jason Hayward, who struggled previously, are, are having great years. Ian Happ is having a great year. Those are the guys that you wish had great years three or four years ago. <laughs> Just imagine the team in a whole different sense. But now, in this COVID season, you're getting the guys that aren't, that or you didn't expect, I should say, to step up, have stepped up. And the guys that you expected to step up and be there, and we haven't even mentioned Chris Bryant, who's out with an injury and has not been very good this year either. I mean, their numbers have been very poor this year. So they've been very lucky on, in a couple of games where they've been able to pull away with a victory. But the offensive struggles have been very well documented. And that's obviously what led to the the acquisitions at the trade deadline in, in Jose Martinez and Cameron Mabins, guys that can come in and maybe Break. provide a little pop in the bat, be late addition to the lineup and take it from there. So we'll see what happens, but uh, the the offensive struggles have definitely become more in the in the foreground than the bullpen struggles and it seems we talked about a common occurrence with the Cubs. Yeah, uh, and really. we talked about like, Craig Kimbrell and his struggles, but it, it's it's becoming a common occurrence over the last few years. And it, obviously this team has been we've t- heard it super motivated because they feel like it's their last year together to try to win something. And even though they did it in 2016, you would like to see it at least, or would have liked to have seen it at least once more between 2016 and 2020. So maybe this would be the year because we we talked about you know in the last episode how everything going right just had that 2016 vibes with the 12 and three start, but <laughs> now it has the 2019 vibes of it. So it's just the roller coaster of a baseball season, I guess. Yeah, and like it seems to be the summary of how the Cubs go, right? They're such an up and down team. They they've been such an up and down team. You saw it last year with how bad they started, and then they kind of turned it on for a while, and they've thrown a division lead twice in the past two years. Um, and it 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 always starts begging the question: is like, all right, when when are you going to give up on this core, right? Like, I think you mentioned like maybe trying to trade away. Um, Miguel Almaya from the minors and like I, I part of me would rather see them trade a guy like Wilson Contreras for it who has a high defensive rating who has who is a power hitter from behind oh, the plate and where I, they I've can get get more value from it because yeah we I think it's time to maybe start figuring out a way to build a new core I don't think it's it's tough because I don't think the the Cubs can afford a full reset and a full tank to rebuild a farm and and rebuild a team from there so they're gonna have to try to figure out a way to work with what they got to then find not only get a get a new sustainable core if things go south but also find a way to replenish their farm system because 
it, it's kind of wild when you look at it because you take, for example, the Dodgers, who one they spend the money to get a good team. That that's obvious. That that's an obvious fact. But I guess consistency is like their their thing, right? They're making the playoffs every year. They're making deep playoff runs every year. They're putting together good teams year after year uh, with a core that's frankly just better than what the Cubs have, right? They put together something better with that. They've they've found a way to get players from their farm system that they make work. They have solid pitching. They they've spent the money with that, and it's a fun baseball team to watch up and down every year. Like there's never a time where that you, I mean, you look at it and you're like, man, the Dodgers superstar on that team. Yeah. From Cody Bellinger to Mookie Betts to Walker Bueller, Clayton Kershaw. They've got so many good pieces on that team. But the other thing too, is that while they've had the success and spend the money, they still have like a top five farm system throughout this whole thing. And that's the the thing about the Cubs that where they have failed is that the Dodgers can develop every position extremely well. And now granted, the Cubs blew a lot of their farm system with a win now mentality, right? Like they they made a lot of trades in 2016 and frankly as well as in 2017 that got rid of a lot of sustainable pieces to their team that that could have might and and might have gotten you some big superstars down the line with that and so i don't know it's so tough to look at it and be like well they're the core is still there when frankly the core isn't is kind of their biggest problem right like you you look at guys like wilson Contreras. you look at guys like javier bias who who kind of are seen as like the heart and soul of this offense with that, if they're down, if they're lost, if they're not playing well, like, wh- what are you going to do? Like, thank God Jason Hayward's hitting hitting well, who has a huge influence on this team and who, who is probably there helping influence these guys to do better. Because if he's not doing well, then then what do you got? Like, yeah, exactly. You you have nothing with that front. And, and Rizzo's hitting better. That That's that's true. Um, Kyle Schwarber's on the bit of an upswing with that. He's still slugging 500 on the season um, with an OPS of 833. So it, it's not like his number. I, I think his numbers are go, probably just going to get to on par for the type of player he is um, with that. So I don't have too much to worry with it. But the fact that Wilson is just looking completely lost at the plate and Javier Baez is looking completely lost at the plate right now. Like, What's going to be done to start turning those guys around? Because those are the guys you're going to be look look to. Bleh. Those are the guys you're going to look towards when the big high pressure situations come down to it at the end of the year. And frankly, it's going to come sooner to that. It's going to be in this series versus the Cardinals. If you blow this series uh, against the Cardinals, who are I, they're an off and on team after coming back from the COVID uh, mishap and whatnot with that. So it's unsure as to what can happen with that. But if they don't take advantage of that and they don't find a way to at least extend their lead um, or at the very least, just keep it in place with it, it's going to be very stressful coming down the line when you really don't have a lot of time to work with anymore and you still have this many problems with your team. Yeah. And, and kind of bouncing off of that, when you've seen the guys that you rely on, you hope that they keep coming through. You know what I mean? And as cheesy and as like duh as that sounds, you you hope on those guys to to kind of carry you through a season. Um, would it be worth the Cubs 
going through and d- deciding, you know what, we got to totally retool this thing. I don't know. It, it might be, but I think you would have to determine, you know, who who your core that you're going to keep. I mean, based on this season, and granted, this is a, a extremely unique situation. I mean, we talked about in the beginning of the year how our core guys would be Rizzo, Bryant, Javi, Schwarber, and probably Contreras as your five guys that would probably be considered the quote-unquote core without talking about Jason Hayward because of his contract would keep him in the picture. Kyle Hendricks is locked in there too. Right now, all five of those guys haven't played well or haven't hit the ball well. Defensively, they're still they're still great players, but offensively, they have been nowhere near. Uh, Schwarber's slugging percentage has been good, but granted, you look at the rest of the the rest of the league and you look at what options they could have had um, in years past. And when you look at a guy like, yeah, well, I mean, when you look at a guy like, you know, Eloy Jimenez, who the Cubs gave away in the Jose Quintana deal, Eloy is just freaking destroying the baseballs left and right. He has become into a phenomenal player. Granted, he's a terrible defender, really (laughs) bad defender, but that bat in the lineup, I would take a Eloy Jimenez bat in the lineup any day. Right now over Chris Bryant, yes. Right now over Javi Baez, yes. Right now over Wilson Contreras, yes. I would take Eloy's bat any day of the week in that Cubs lineup because that's the pop that they need. Granted, did Jose Quintana help you Go out? Go to resign yes. Castellanos. It could have resigned Castellanos. <laughs> yes, exactly. And that could have also have been uh, something there too. Could have been a whole different Cubs team. Yeah, could have been a whole different Cubs team. Offensively, maybe would have been much better off than last year, especially heading down the stretch. But, like you said, Dylan, they had to get rid of a lot of that farm to keep the win-now mentality going, which at the time of those trades, you don't blame them. I would still 100% to this day redo the Aroldis Chapman trade 10 out of 10 times. The Jose Quintana trade? Eh, Maybe. He helped you down the stretch, yeah, but did he was his value probably super high? Yeah, it probably was. But you gave up also Dylan Cease, who this year has really kind of turned into a really stud pitcher. And really besides Alec Mills, who else have you called up from your farm system that have really made an impact into your rotation or in, into your, you know, into your team? A lot of people would maybe you know, say Kyle Hendricks. All signings. What? It was all signings, basically. Yeah, or trades. I mean, they traded for Kyle Hendricks when he was a when he was a prospect. They didn't draft him or develop him. He was already the only, partially developed. The only Rangers. big thing was looking at Dylan Maples, who still has wickedly bad control issues. Yeah, and that's that's where the Cubs have struggled, and they've been asked about it, and they've been they've admitted that yeah they they haven't developed the pitching that they would like to. But this is an instance where right now is if if you had the young arms that could be called up at any point in time like the Dodgers do or the young bats that they can call up at any point, kind of like the like the Dodgers do, but the Cubs have had success developing young positional players. If they had the arms, this team would be in a whole different position. But it's again just part of the 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 struggles that the Cubs have had. Um so I mean I don't know, you, we talked about the core is it worth blowing it up? starting over i don't think so but i think you really have to kind of get an identity check of who wants to stay and who wants to go i mean 
Would you re-sign a, a two thirty-five hitting Anthony Rizzo in free agency next year? No. I I don't know if I would. <laughs> I I really don't. I, I really don't. I mean, the same thing with uh, Chris Bryant. And I hate to say that because I love both those players and uh, what they've stood for throughout everything and what they've been to uh, to in terms of uh, friendliness and represented the team um, in the brightest light possible. Um, I mean, to this day, I still love watching the videos of them interacting with Joe Madden on the spring training game earlier this year probably one of the few highlights of this year the 2020 itself but i don't know there's a lot of questions that the cubs are gonna have to ask themselves especially if they don't make it granted we're having this reaction and they're still sitting in first place for all we know we're going off on how great of a start they do and they do bad well now we're rigging on how bad they are now they might go on like a a 13 and 2 run in the next several games you know who yeah, knows? I'm totally cool with that. If if they're gonna be really good when we like criticize them a bunch and then play like doo doo once we praise them again, then you want the cups through it. Every suck. they they all they'll go undefeated before our next recording session. I'm still gonna trash them. Yeah, <laughs> they just they, they just fucking suck. They're all terrible baseball players. You know, whatever. <laughs> but other than that, I was gonna say, kind of going off your your point there and kind of wrapping things up. The last little thing I kind of wanted to bring up, and I and it's a uh, it's good on one the uh, um, front office staff for a great signing, but also two, um, you Darvish has been absolutely incredible. Yes, recently, um, the games he pitches take about nine and a half years um, <laughs> to be played out, but um, he's currently sitting at a one point four seven. ERA, uh, a six and one record. There's no way you can't be putting him into Cy Young contention right now with that, um, with the way he's pitching. Um, the dude's just a a, a wizard um, on the mound is the best way. You have you, you, Kyle Hendricks may be the the professor, but you Darvish is definitely just a wizard because I, I think every time he pitches, he finds a way to throw a different type of pitch that no one's ever seen before. Well, I mean, he uh, like what, like a dozen pitches that he can throw? Yeah, it's unbelievable. Um, and, and the fact that him and Carantini are always on the same page with that, like they're calling games and, and striking guys out and, and just on a frequency that you don't see too much um, at a major league level with that. And frankly, his games are so much fun to watch. Um, just the way he works at bats, the way he's in, into it. It seems like he got over that injury. He got over the mental hump after he figured out that he wasn't actually tipping pitches and a certain team cheated their way uh, to hitting <laughs> off of him. And he, he turned back into the dominant pitcher that the Cubs paid for. And frankly, the Cubs still definitely paid a heck of a lot of money for him. But right now, he's earned every single penny of it. And really, if this is the guy that the the Cubs have down the line through the rest of this contract, I'm perfectly okay with that. That's an incredible signing by that team, an incredible pickup um, for them, uh, as long as he can stay healthy for the rest of the year. Yeah, just just real quickly, some of the numbers that Darvish has this year. He's 6-1, second-best ERA in baseball. 147 he's uh got seven games seven starts really well 43 innings pitched 35 hits seven runs all of them earned two home runs allowed this year um his he's hit two guys he's walked eight 52 strikeouts um on the year so far which uh is currently i want to say about mid-tier maybe top 10 in baseball and he's got a whip of one and opponents are hitting 222 off of him so far wild so 
And by the way, I, I think I made a mistake. I mentioned Mike Clevenger being the ace. I totally, totally forgot Shane Bieber, who has been really good this year. 6-0, and 127 ERA. I won't go too much more into his numbers, but... His games are fun to watch too. If you ever get the chance to watch him, would highly recommend would recommend that. Yeah, it's incredible to watch him pitch every time. So that's about it. Um, the Cubs have some interesting um, games coming up. They're actually going up against the Pirates starting on Tuesday, September first. Is this the um, start when they uh, go on like their thirty and nothing run? I hope so. The, the Pirates were a bad baseball team that are going on a little bit of a run recently they're playing they're playing better than they were before they swept the brewers um, to uh yeah well the brewers are kind of just bad um <laughs> but it, it'll be interesting because you have the pirates who are playing decent baseball um i i would say like you have to take two out of three from that that's a must happen then you have five games against the cardinals um and then you go three games against the reds uh, it's basically all interdivisional at that point, uh, and then and then a few more games against the Brewers. The only the only issue is is based off of record. Um, from what I see here, their only real challenges coming up down the line is they got a couple games against Cleveland. Um, that should be a fun couple games. They got a couple games against the Twins, who um, are also playing pretty good baseball, and, and then they they finish off the year against the White Sox, who really have a chance uh, of making a splash this year. Uh, and and trying to really make a run at things uh, down the line, which should also be a fun series, especially since the Sox absolutely dominated the Cubs last time around. So um, it should be interesting. I I really think this Cardinal series is going to tell us a lot about where the Cubs stand going down the line with that. Um, I really won't want to count out the Brewers also. Um, Their September buff activates tomorrow, where they somehow just don't lose a game in, in a span of 30 days. So <laughs> that's true. That that's always something you need to take into effect um, along those lines. And, and really, it's it's a short season. It's not a lot of games left. It feels like we've just started, and yet we're almost done. So um, they just kind of get a they kind of got to get it together. And really, the one thing I wish is we if I wish they had a chance to play more better teams, right? The Cubs don't get to play against the Braves. The Cubs don't get to play against the Marlins, who are who are playing really good baseball right now. They don't. Um, they don't get a, a team like the Padres or the Rockies or the Dodgers. So we don't get a test of of how they really are until the games really matter. And yeah. so they need to. I want to see not only wins, but I want to see dominant wins. I want to see wins where the other team just had no chance at all because those are the team. The Cubs need to really show that they are a team that can that can win and that can win hard with that because I don't want to go into a game where they score four runs within the first three innings. And I'm still on the edge of my seat as soon as the starting pitcher comes out of the game because the bullpen will blow it. Or if they fall behind three runs early in a game, I'm already turning it off because their hitting is so bad that any pitcher can go on the mound and they're probably almost going to get no hit in a time yeah. like that and that's that's kind of been my thoughts on a lot of these past few cubs games so they need to turn around turn that around they need to get the consistency back they need to show that they're a team that deserves the central central title at the end of the day not just getting it because they started out hot and the rest of the division is below 500 but they need to show that they are a contender for this year um hopefully those trades help hopefully some of those guys can start stepping back up but really it's going to come down to that team just having to perform at the end of the day well that'll do so. it for us 
ladies and gentlemen, thank you guys so much for, of course, listening and tuning in to this episode of the 108 Bricks Podcast. If you liked what you heard, please go ahead and subscribe to us on iTunes. Be sure to also give us a rating there as well. If you want to get involved with the show, you can do it on social media. You can do it via email. Uh, you can even reach out on our Facebook page, uh, which is part of social media, Duh Curtis. Uh, but Twitter, we are at 108 Bricks Podcast. Or 108 Bricks Pod, excuse me. Facebook. Just search 108 Bricks. You'll probably find us. Yeah, 108 Bricks Podcast. And Gmail, if you want to email us for the show, 108 Bricks Podcast at gmail.com. But that'll do it again for us. For Dylan, I am Curtis. We will see you guys in a couple of weeks when more baseball is played. And uh, hopefully we're a lot happier. Hopefully we're a lot happier. And hopefully maybe by the time we record, it'll be the end of September and the Cubs maybe, just maybe have locked up a playoff spot of some sort so we'll get into that too when it gets closer but thanks again for listening we will see you guys later